kind of kick things off, we'll start with one of the first questions, which I think is appropriate for you and me and this show. I'm uh, head over heels, absolutely in love. Oh, you know, they, they ghosted me. Like, I'm so annoyed or they didn't check in. I'm so annoyed. Yeah. I'm like, why is that annoying you? Like, because it's tied to their worthiness. I'm telling you, you that, I get that. What's up and welcome back to the show for Justin Lovato. I am Sean McDevitt. Before diving into another amazing podcast here at Nirvana Mind and Body, I just want to shout you out, dear listener, for doing the damn thing, trying to better yourself. If you're listening to this podcast, you want to improve your life mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And Justin and I see you and we welcome you to it. Justin, what's going on, bro? Yo, yo, let's fucking go. Good to see you, bro. Likewise. Yeah, I know it's, it's wild because we live in the same city, but on like completely mm-hmm. opposite ends of the city mm-hmm. and then we just see each other for these things and occasional get-togethers these are these are really uh powerful for me connecting with you um as often as possible is always good for my soul good for my heart so uh i love connecting with you on these uh these podcasts so yeah man i always appreciate you showing up coming through and i know i know our listeners really benefit uh from these podcasts and and, and from you from being here well, it's kind of you. Right back at you, brother. Also, thank, you, thank, thank you. you to everybody who's listening and then everybody in the Nirvana Mind and Body community for supporting the show. We yeah. get a lot of love in the Facebook group, which is cool. We'll get into some updates with Nirvana here in a moment. also want to mention, even though Justin and I see each other for these podcasts, we see each other IRL from time to time. We also text each other a lot. And mm-hmm. I think that's something for our listeners too. Like, Literally, Justin and I sometimes be like, hey, I love you, bro. Or like, I sent you a... Yeah track that i thought you dig and i was like love you dude and you came back you're like oh my god that was so great i'm just mentioning because i don't feel like that's done enough and i feel like just stereotypically sometimes with men uh we don't do that or people don't Mm -hmm. talk about that so i just want you all to know listening like yes Justin and i go back now like 15 years and we also are in each other's texts a ton yeah man um i was actually talking about that with my clients the the amount of love that i get from my brothers is is unwavering it's unbelievable you know uh, from you uh, from brian from my boy jared it's it's absolutely amazing and it seems to only be increasing um there's a huge shift it feels even more um energetically within within everything around me within my personal life that's for sure but also uh, yeah with my with the men in my life it's it's amazing and uh, i love that you partake in that i love that you initiate that a lot i love that fucking song you sent me it is good i listened to it probably 10 times while training and then what was really cool was all the songs that came with it like with what spotify was like linking it up with i was like damn all these are bangers so um we can probably put the link to that song you beat me to it yeah we'll put the link to the song in the in the in the podcast notes that way you guys can check it out because sean found a gem well justin and i go back and forth like when i was at acl you had mentioned some like frequencies, uh, sort of hard center frequencies that you'll play in your house. And you sent that to me. And so that's another way that Justin and I connect. That's another way that you can connect if you're listening with your friends. It's an easy way. And yeah, we should totally link it in the show notes. It has Mm -hmm. a nice Alan Watts voiceover for part of it. It kind of eases you into it. And then it has some of the voiceover. And then I like at the end, it like starts getting, yeah, dude. (laughs) It's a little wubby. I was like, ooh, because that even caught me off at first. It was like super, super chill, like gliding through the experience of the song. And then it got a little wubby at the end, which was really fire. I liked it. I was like, oh man, this is good for training too. I sent it to Gino right away. Nice. I was like, she fell in love with it right away. And uh, actually like, I think like two or three other people hit me up on social media already and I already forwarded the song to them. So we'll definitely put it in the notes. 
Yeah, dude, that'd be sick. Also, yes, Justin mentioned Gina, who's a friend of the show, and we will get into life updates here at the end of the episode. Just to give you guys a quick overview, we asked the community and Nirvana Mind and Body for some questions, topics that they wanted to hear us talk about, and then we're going to get into some updates with the community that are fun, not mm-hmm. only updates to the group itself, but then also retreats and like fun yeah. trips that yeah. we're going to start doing, yeah. which is cool. And then we'll get into sort of life updates with me and Justin. So Epic. kind of kind of kick things off. We'll start with one of the first questions, which I think is appropriate for you and me and this show. The strategies that we both use to remain present, still, and loving during very busy periods of our life where we have limited time for self-care. So mm-hmm. how we remain present, still loving during busy times of life and how we manage self-care when we have limited time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great question. I think paying attention to the little things um, allow allow this to really happen. I think sometimes we get away from just the small little things when we become a bit overwhelmed, taking just a moment, even when it's like five minutes, a few minutes, if you, if you can just take a moment to like maybe even close your eyes and become aware of the spaciousness that is around you, even for five minutes is really powerful. Taking a moment to, to go stand in the grass is really powerful for me. Um, you know that is a that is something that I lean into those those small moments when I am incredibly busy, but I, I really have set the tone to have my my mornings uh, be um, like almost non negotiable in a way, and that took time to get there. You know, I think that's a big part of this too. Is as we're creating this new paradigm of these newer behaviors and creating space for ourselves and having better balance between the becoming and the beingness give yourself grace during that process. You know, I think in the beginning, it's going to be a, a, you know, a back and forth, so to speak, until we carve out that time and create a new, um, ritual or, or, or a routine. But I think having daily, uh, atomic habits, if you will, in the beginning, those small ones have been really powerful for me to allow myself to eventually have a lot of time to create these more present moments in my everyday life. Is that so, a new book that you've gotten into or one of your favorites, atomic habits? Actually, yes. It's a new book I've gotten into just recently. So I love it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful reminder to, you know, these little tiny moments, these one percents, so to speak, as in the book uh, suggests, really is um is quite powerful and it leads to amazing um momentum. I just wanted to hold it up too for everybody hold who's watching up. on YouTube. It's not that long. And no. Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yes, I'm saying his name correctly. You could take this down pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure Justin was able to as well. Also, I want to help everybody who's listening to us on Spotify or iTunes. You can also come on YouTube, check us out. And so you check out this book. It's not that big. You can take it mm-hmm. down. And it's got a ton of habits, LOL, that, that you can implement in your life. I'm going to co-sign on the morning routine and making mm-hmm. space for that. And you know, now that I'm a, a father and a dad, I can actually like speak to it. Cause so often I'll yeah, yeah. be like, Hey man, like I'm a busy dad. I got work life. Yeah, I'm a husband, whatever. Like, it, yeah. Right. And they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have time for this. The answer is always getting up earlier. Like Justin used to show up at the Mecca in Venice at probably like four thirty, four forty five, like ready to go. And yes, that takes some discipline, discipline and some practice, but just getting up 15 minutes earlier, 20 minutes earlier, does that allow you to start your day with a little bit more presence? Does that allow you to read or meditate or do breath work? Even like Justin said, if it's just for five minutes, that's going to make a lot of the difference. Mm-hmm. I know I feel off when I have busier times in my life and I kind of push that to the side. And it's good just to be aware of that. Like Justin said, I'm not beating myself up. I'm giving myself grace. It's simply noticing, oh, 
I'm missing my morning meditation. I'm missing my morning reading. I'm missing that time with myself and just noticing how it's impacting my day or throwing me off kilter while also understanding those are just seasons of life. And so for that part of the question, that's like, what do you do when, when you're busy? For me, it's trying to find that minimum effective dose. So if I typically meditate for 15 minutes, can I just meditate for two, three, four, five minutes? Can I mm. just take a moment where I'm really connected with my breath and just stop for like five breaths and remain present and then kind of get on with my day? Well, again, understanding that it's a season of life. So for instance, right now, I'm pretty busy with work stuff with my wife, Dela. It's end of year meetings, that type of thing. And I haven't been the greatest, but in those times that I, I do have the available time and bandwidth, I'm not on my phone. I'm not just chilling on the sofa. It's like, okay, cool. Let me commit to this practice and then not stress out that I'm not as consistent knowing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and this too shall pass. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think we think that we need to always be sitting in the, uh, in the uh, lotus position to create this level of presence and that's not the case either i think a lot of times you know when you go on your walk with your dogs if you have dogs and you're obviously going to take your dogs for a walk you know maybe leave your phone and really be present at that time during the walk and it's as easy as like connecting with the sun uh during that walk and paying attention to the sounds during that walk so you're kind of killing two birds with one stone um so i kind of i kind of when i when i'm running uh i say say low on time so to speak or i'm not managing my time well and i i tend to stack my modalities um in powerful ways like that's what i did today because we had our podcast today so i had a little bit less time and when i went for the walk i, I left my phone at, at home and i took the dogs to the walk so i made it about being present with my dogs and I, I made sure i was walking in the sun the entire time and i was bathing in that sun and i was even like getting my eye gazing in while i was doing it um really cool stuff i was paying attention to my breath so I was able to really connect and that was a nice 20, 30 minute walk with my dog. So it was a walking meditation. So I got a, a meditation in at that time. So, um, and you know, even with like, um, journaling, if you, if you're journaling, you can journal and also get into your gratitude during your journaling. So you're not only just journaling, but you're practicing your gratitude, uh, in that journaling process. So there's cool ways of stacking things if you are short on time. But I think, um, as you just mentioned, um, the days that we are busy, it's perfectly okay that it's only for five minutes maybe. And, and, and like you said, just kind of start waking up a little bit earlier and giving yourself grace as you create this new routine. And that's what I did before I was, I didn't just start waking up at, you know, three 30 in the morning, some of those days, um, four in the morning to get to the gym. I, I really did start off at like waking up at six and then five 30 and then five and then four 30 and so on. And uh, allowed myself to like, you know, create that space in a, in a you know, in a more practical way. I like the habit stacking point, Justin, because sometimes we think, oh, we need to sit down and journal, or I need to sit down for 20 minutes and write out everything that mm -hmm. I'm grateful for. You can totally do that. However, if you're super busy and you want to tap in, you want to remain present throughout your day, gratitude is a fantastic way to do that. I've mentioned it in some of my content, which I got from Jay Shetty with, mm -hmm. from the book, Think Like a Monk, which is during the mundane tasks of doing the laundry, doing the dishes, vacuuming your place, try to start filling your head with gratitude. Like, wow, I'm, I'm so grateful for this podcast I'm listening to. Like, oh my God, I'm so grateful for my friend, Justin. Like I'm grateful mm -hmm. for that text. And you just mm -hmm. go through that and you can even use little moments to trigger it. So for instance, I'm a huge fan of eggs, right? And I'm the guy getting the egg where the chicken has freaking everywhere to roam yeah. and all that. Yeah. 
And so literally as I'm cracking the eggs, I'm thinking, Hey, I'm so grateful for this. I'm grateful that I can get this at the store. I'm grateful that there's a farmer who takes this seriously. I'm grateful for the Mm -hmm. chicken that was running around. And you start filling your head with that. And now it's fitting within your busy schedule, right? Yes. That's a great way to add gratitude, add some of these modalities to your life. And then the dude, the phone, just staying away from the phone for a little bit, having your time. Oh, um, another great book called Lost Connections, Your Walk in Nature reminded me you and I could wax philosophically about how the current reality sort of stacks the deck against us. Because Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is like in school, we're in these brick buildings, no regular light. We're not outside in our, you may be listening to this in your car. You may be listening to this in your office and you're not outside. You're in fluorescent lighting. You're away from nature. This book, Lost Connections, goes into reasons why we're depressed, quote unquote. And a big one is we're not spending any time in nature. Yeah. And so to counteract that, like Justin said, just getting outside for a little bit, getting in the sun, being intentional about that can really help us out. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think um, really try to connect in all these areas, even if you are, quote unquote, like not having the time to do it. It's, it's the drive to work, you know, roll down the windows, feel the crisp of the air, um, pay attention when, when you're eating, actually, like you said, stay away from the food and be present with your food, be grateful with your food. Uh, these, these are all wonderful moments to master presence and to find presence within your everyday life. Uh, even in the tasks that you may not see as like something you would kind of be present with, you know, it's, it's amazing. So that's one thing I really pay attention to when you're going to the bathroom, we bring our phones in there leave your phone out and just be present with your body and the sensations that are happening within your body as you're taking a fucking shit. So like all these things are great ways to, to, to lock into presence and essentially that will allow you to find deeper presence within your meditation practices. Dude, I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Next question, how to know what things to pursue in life in work and outside of work and how to order them in terms of how much effort and time to put into each. Cool. So basically how to know what things to pursue in life in and out of mm-hmm. work and then how to prioritize them. How do you go That's about doing that? That's a great that? one. Yeah. You know what? Uh, it's in my meditations. So whether it's my profession, my professional life, um, my social life, my relationships, my romantic life, you know, when it comes to wanting to know what I should or shouldn't do, that's when I lean into my stillness and I kind of communicate with the subconscious on that. So if there's some things I'm unsure about, those are the questions I kind of asked, whether out loud within myself or in a journal. And then I get really kind of quiet and uh, quiet the mind and I'm operating from a different space, a different part of consciousness, if you will. And um, that has been really powerful for me to really see what aligns with me when it comes to making decisions and especially bigger decisions. Uh, like when it comes to work or relationships, whether you should stay in them or, you know, or not stay in them or switch a job or, you know, you know, whatever it is, uh, I, I like to get quiet, but I ask those questions to the subconscious before, before getting my meditations. And that has been really powerful for me. You feel like you get what people would call a download when you do that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I get a download or at least I, I, f- I have a better understanding, um, or it's not even a better understanding. It's the, um, a better trusting of my, of my intuitive pull in which direction it's going. Like I can, I can, I, it's less distorted from the mind because the mind is what's kind of getting in the way, right? The mind's getting in the way of the knowing of what you actually want. And usually that's the fear of, of the mind that's kind of distorting what you actually want or what you actually desire, or what you, what aligns with your values. So I think it's just all about learning how to quiet that egoic mind so that you can operate from your more true self, so to speak. And, uh, and then, yeah, you just listen to that intuition. You can trust it because there's less distortions. 
It reminds me of something I've been listening to from Bashar, who's being channeled by Daryl Anka. Highly recommend that. Give it a Google. If you're listening, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Bashar was saying that we have the higher mind or we have our higher self, or we can call that God or the universe or source or spirit, whatever that is. And that function is to really think, quote unquote, or like that function is to direct our lives, the higher self, the higher mind. And then we have our physical mind, our physical body, the thoughts and whatnot. And he said that our function is to simply do. Our function is to simply follow that path, follow the intuition, follow our gut feelings. But like you were saying, Justin, if we're thinking that can get in the way and now all of a sudden you have the higher mind trying to send you these downloads and you're like, but I don't know. And like, this wasn't what I expected. And like, well, are we sure that it's going to work out? And like, I, I don't know about this. And that higher mind's like, yo, come on, like, just, just chill out, just flow with it, just be present. So I really like how you said you find that with meditation and then you're able to sort of hear or feel or sense that direction that you're supposed to take from the higher mind. Well, you asked me, I think it was years ago. I was back in Venice. You asked me a really cool question, you know, because what we're really doing is we're, we're also trying to decipher which self to listen to, right? Because there's different voices that are coming through. And you asked me a really cool question one time. Um, how do you know which one to listen to? And, and, uh, and that one actually gets asked a lot. And I remember the first time that you asked me, I was like, oh, that's such a cool question. So what you'll, you'll come to realize is that um, whenever it's coming from a place of fear or lack, you'll know that it's coming from the egoic mind. And whenever it's coming from love, uh, loving awareness, uh, you'll know that it's coming from a more higher self, a more conscious self. And so when you hear these different voices, see where it's operating from, and then you'll know which one to kind of lean into. So um, it, it, it's really simple, to be honest. You can always tell when you're operating from fear and lack, what's driving that. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to go in this direction instead. So I remember you asking me that, and that was such a powerful question that no one ever asked me. And, and, and man, I've been using it to explain um, which voice to listen to uh, with all of my clients moving forward. Would you say that the voice that wants to beat us up and be critical and be mean, do you, would you say that's the louder voice? For most, yes, because um, I think it's the one that's been predominant most of their lives. You know, it's, uh, it's the one they, and I think again, it's, it's about the identification with the mind, um, which allows them to kind of fall into the identification with that loud egoic part of the mind. And, uh, and if you've been identifying with your mind for the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 plus years, uh, this can be a little bit tough at first to uh, step outside of. So it's quite a bit louder, but as you start practicing that stillness and quieting the mind, then that, that higher self, so to speak, starts coming through really loud and clear. And, you know, we, we, uh, we can use like a kind of fun example, like say you went out to the bar and you had a few drinks and you about to go get in your car and there's one voice that comes through and says, you should call an Uber. <laughs> you should totally not drive. And then there's the other voice that comes in. It's like, oh, I got this. I'm good. I'm totally, I got this. And so there's two voices that come through right there. And, uh, and I, I think, um, you know, we start seeing it as that it's, it's much easier to be able to, um, decipher, uh, who we should listen to, so to speak. I always, yeah. A uh, great way to conceptualize that for me is the PE coach that yelled at us in like middle school or high school, right? That everybody has. You had that PE coach that was always on your ass, like, oh, you're not running fast enough and like yelling and screaming, right? And then you had that coach or teacher that was really calm and cool and collected and like, you got this and like, oh, you're doing great. 
And typically when I share this with clients or others, they're like, oh yeah, you totally have those archetypes. Like everybody has those in your head. And mm-hmm. that one that's loud, that's critical, that's being mean is typically that egoic mind, the one not to listen to, even though it's louder versus mm-hmm. listening to that quieter mind. And I know Justin would co-sign on this. As we learn to get more in touch with ourselves, that smaller voice, that quieter voice starts to get louder. The mm-hmm. loud voice of the ego starts to get a lot quieter. Yeah, the angel and the devil. That's always the For one sure. I use too. The angel and the devil, angel being the higher self, devil being the loud ego. And that's really kind of cool that you just mentioned that because the way that 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 ego, that louder ego dissolves is within the stillness. The frequency is too high. It dissolves and uh, it can't it can't exist. And that's that's where you're also probably feeling that resistance to get still is from that ego self that it's, it might even be aware that it dissolves um, within that space. You never know. So, um, but yeah, stillness can definitely quiet down that voice. I just want to add a little bit more to piggyback on what Justin was saying that I'll add in my life to figure out what to pursue. I personally think it's aligning, and this is only something I got to as I got older, aligning with our own values and our personal beliefs, our own integrity, right? And even when Justin was nice enough at the beginning of this year and was like, hey, bro, I'd love to have you part of Nirvana. Like, I would love to start up a podcast again. I told you, I was like, I'd love that too. And here's my hierarchy of like things that I'm focusing on in my life. And the first one was my family. It was like my wife, my, you know, my pregnant wife at the time, my son who's coming, like that's paramount for me every day. Also, this has been great, like sidebar tangent for calming my own anxiety and stress. When I get worried and the ego's playing all those games, I just go to, are my wife and son safe? Are they healthy? They are. Okay. Then just let everything else go. So that's the first of my hierarchy. Next is our business, the business that my wife and I have, because that helps us live our life. That helps us reach so many people. And then after that, I said, Hey, Justin, any bandwidth I have after that, like it's to Nirvana, it's to you, bro. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And you were super cool with it. And that's literally what I think about every day, every week, like that order. And that only comes from learning more about yourself. And so for our listeners, I think journaling is a great way to do that. Even using your notes app, just like write that down. Mm-hmm. Like what is your hierarchy? And then the other things will start to fall into place. Of course, there's those foundational things that we need to do every day, like exercise, like eat well, stay hydrated, get good sleep, things like that. And then for instance, if you have a goal of competing in a bodybuilding competition, for instance, and you also have your family and you also have your career, not looking at them as mutually distinct, but all going together. What I mean by that is, okay, I'm working in my career. What can I do today to push that forward? Oh, okay. I I did this to push that forward. And now I can pause and start to push my bodybuilding competition goals forward. And I can pause and Mm -hmm. start to push my family forward. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that people can get caught up in as they go, oh, I have all of these things. Like They need to be siloed and I need to do them individually. It's like, no, you can kind of do everything together and be okay when maybe you push one part of your life forward and you hit a little wall. Like, Don't be mad about it. Like, okay, cool. Let me now focus on this other part of my life because you can kind of distract yourself and then pull away from that anxiety, that stress. Yeah. I think also not creating any shame or guilt. Uh, I mean, I definitely went through that phase when I was getting into my meditation practices and um, shifting my paradigm. Uh, If I didn't have the full hour for my meditation. I didn't do my meditation at all, you know, and and I really got away from that. I really got away from creating like these all or nothing 
approaches with life in general. And uh, that has been huge, you know, just giving yourself so much more grace with things as you go through it and uh, not creating like, oh, it needs to be this or I'm not doing it right or I'm not doing enough and creating a story around that. It's really easy to kind of fall into that. It's very common. So if you're someone that's like, you know, getting upset that you're not doing the same thing every day, try to just be aware of that and give yourself lots of grace and realizing it's kind of like a flow. Everything's really like a flow and don't make it a thing because once you make it a thing, it's now a thing, you know, and that's what we're really trying to get away from. As Alan Watts says, you can't try to be Zen and be Zen. So, yeah. Uh, it reminds me too, when you said, you know, flowing with things, I, yes, got this from some Adyashanti book because I've started to keep track of the segments of these books, these spiritual teachings that really resonate with me. And then I have them in a Google doc. I'm happy to share that with people as well. And then I add little color and like my own personal thoughts. And something that Adyashanti had said was that life undulates like the waves on an ocean and it's supposed to do that. And that's really helpful with times we feel like we're not flowing with it or times we feel like the current is kind of moving against us, just knowing that that's going to shift. And that if you've ever been out on the ocean, as I know Justin and I have, you kind of go with it, right? There's going to be swells that come in and you can ride the rave and it's fun. fun, And there's going to be swells that come in that freak you out and it's a little scary, right? That's the same thing in life. There's going to be those waves, the motion of the ocean, if you will, Mm -hmm. that is going to stress us out and provide challenges. However, when you can really just focus on getting through that, there will be the calmer waters. There will be the waves that you can ride and more fun. So I really like how you were hitting on that. Thank you as well. Okay. This is going to be a fun one. And then we'll take a little break and talk about some updates. Any stories involving woo-woo shit? (laughs) I think what you and I talk about a lot is woo-woo period. Yeah. But there's like, there's a vast... Um, Yeah, yeah, there is a vast. Yeah, you go first. I would love to hear any (laughs) your woo woo shit. Yeah. So there's also I'm going to separate a little bit because there is another fun question later on about ancient civilizations and aliens. So I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that one. Okay. Okay. That one. But some woo woo shit. One is the synchronicities in life. So right, and Mm -hmm. it's like the little winks from the universe. So that could be seeing 1111, seeing 333, seeing 222, like the numbers, things like that. Your ears ringing. Your ears right. ringing. Yeah. Ears yeah, ringing is another like one. What do you do when your ears ring, by the way? Like, I pay attention. Is... Okay. I pay attention. It's same thing with the numbers. It's all the same for me. So when I see synchronicities, um, I usually actually think that I'm in the right place at the right time. That's how I see all my synchronicities. It's like, mm, I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be. Pay attention as well, but I'm exactly where I need to be. This is, this is dope. Everything is aligned. So that's what I do when I see those synchronicities. Yeah. Same. I, I will take it as like, oh, cool. Like if, so again, this is sort of like my woo-woo explanation of this. We were just talking about the higher mind, right? And the higher mind's like talking to us, sending these, these signals, these feelings. It can't talk in words. It's not going to talk in our language. And so we were just talking about how that higher mind will connect with us with feelings and gut instincts and that intuition. I firmly believe it also talks to us with the synchronicities. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the the number sequences, if you see them a bunch in your life, the ringing in your ears. I would also say the coincidences, quote unquote, that kind of stack up. Like I was, I was trying to think about like examples for this because it does happen in my life from time to time where you'll be thinking about something or maybe you had a moment during your meditation and then you turn on your Spotify playlist or there's a random song and it kind of hits on that or you read a book and you're like, oh, wow, I was thinking about this concept and now I'm reading it right away. And then Mm -hmm. later on, I'm watching a movie and they seem to mention that or I see a commercial and they touch on it. It's just like these little connectors throughout 
our lives. Um, like for instance, this is a good one. Uh, cause I was, I was talking to my brother-in-law about it and he was saying that he didn't agree with synchronicities cause he's, was, he was like, these are random coincidences that only mean something to the person that's experiencing them. And I said, yes, exactly. Because we are all experiencing our own experience. And so the synchronicities for me are not going to be the same for Justin and vice versa. And so a great one in my life was I love Spotify because it's teaching me the genres that I actually like, because I just listen to electronic music period. Mm. And I, I don't know the genre. I'm just like, oh, I, I like this sound. Like you were saying, you know, the wub wub at the end was like, oh yeah, I definitely vibe with that. But I, I you know, is that dubstep? Is that drum and bass? I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. I, know. I never know. So Spotify with the Spotify rap that yes, some people think is annoying. I took it as education and was like, oh, cool. I'm actually apparently interested in these uh, genres. And so one of them was wave EDM. And so mm -hmm. I looked, I looked into it and the synchronicities abounded, right? Because part of it was inspired by the Los Angeles club scene and like, LOL, I'm from LA. Great. Right. It was also, um, for me personally, growing up in Los Angeles, I've really, really ridden waves. I've surfed waves. So like wave, wave, right. And then also there's a payment portal that is like PayPal that we use in our business called wave. And so it's just like these synchronicities over and over and over again in my life. So of course I was like, well, of course I'd like the wave style of EDM, like that makes too much sense for me. And so those are the synchronicities that I'm kind of talking about. And I think those are very woo woo because you start to explain them to some people and mm. they may think we're kind of crazy. Yeah. And also I, like what keeps coming up, right? Like what keeps coming in your field is another thing I really pay attention to, like with the whole Tony Robbins thing. It's like, um, I, you know, I, I obviously knew who Tony Robbins was, um, but he came into my field like uh, literally 10 times in like last month he like people kept bringing him up um asking for the event really, right yeah before the event and um you know i wasn't gonna go to the event and then one of my friends came through and he literally was like hey there's an event next week you should go and i'm like i think i need to go <laughs> like it's come up like 10 times you're telling me i should go and so i went and you know it was really powerful um, not necessarily the event for me personally, but it, it was more so confirming of how I can continue my work and how I can create some powerful events with 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 what we do. Um, and so it was giving me confirmation on a lot of the stuff that I talk about and teach and stuff, um, which can give me the confidence to keep pushing forward. Um, so like, like yeah, I, I also pay attention to what's being said often around me what's coming in my field a lot and then maybe pay attention and look into that a little bit more um even with the atomic habits that, that um we just talked about earlier on it came up like a bunch of different times and then even gina mentioned it, that she read that book twice and i'm like i think i should check out this book so and, and i i do that a lot too i pay attention to what comes in my field quite often um and it sounds uh, like consciousness it sounds like you're being conscious of your everyday life and every moment and then you're starting to notice these things more yeah. And I also just pay really close attention to what people have to say. It's really kind of neat. A lot of times I have, I have, I've been, I've been, I remember when I was going through a hard part in my life, I remember I'm like five months back with the whole con artist thing. And, and I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like I was in, I was in a real space where I fell into worry and dread and I was caught in that for a little bit. And, um, I remember even I, I had a, an intrusive thought that was like, oh, I don't think you could do this. 
I don't think you can continue. Like, how are we going to do this? And it was like a really powerful intrusive thought, one that I've never actually experienced. And I remember setting up for what I do at Zilker every Wednesday. And I was like, really like, obviously not feeling it. I was in this headspace. I was, my heart wasn't, I wasn't present, but my heart wasn't in it. And I'm like carrying out the equipment and Brian shows up and Brian has no idea at this time, like what I'm working with and how I'm feeling in any way. And out of nowhere, he's like, Hey man, I just want you to know you're doing great fucking shit. You're doing the greatest fucking shit. And you just got to keep going because so many people are benefiting from all the work that you're doing. You're going to fucking, you're going to blow up, man. And you're going to do crazy, awesome shit. And you just got to keep going. You got to keep going. I'm looking at him like, who the fuck is speaking through this, this person right now? Obviously it's Brian's big heart and all the love that he's always sharing, but it was, it was a bit more, um, divine. It was a bit more like, it was like saying, Hey, Hey, quit that shit. Like, keep moving forward. I was like, and I heard it, I heard it as clear as day. And I was like, ah, I got you. And it snapped me out of it. And so there's moments like that, that do happen for me quite a bit. And, and since I've really become aware of these moments, I pay attention even more. So that's another woo woo thing. I really, I really kind of lean into. Shout out to Brian Powell too. I know a really good friend of ours. If you're listening, if you don't know Brian, definitely check him out. I mean, he's really active in the Nirvana mind and body Facebook group. He also has his own podcast. He's had both of us on amazing individual and also being a, an example of sharing love, which again, Mm -hmm. isn't done a ton. And He, he does a really good job with that. Right. And it hyped you up in a moment that you really needed it. Um, we can kind of do that ourselves too. Sometimes what's funny is, uh, are you, do you ever fuck with Oracle cards? These things? I fucking have fun with those now. I, I, um, not until this last year, but I have a blast whenever, whenever my friends bring them over, I'm like, let's draw some fucking cards and have some fun with it. Yeah. I dig them. They're, they're always a good time now. I dig it. Yeah. So again, if you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing it, this deck is called the work your light Oracle cards. Uh, there's a bajillion on Amazon that you can look up and get you at your local woo woo bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um, these things are great for like intuition and little synchronistic moments. Cause similarly I had a moment, I think it was yesterday, man. I had a really long Monday, like some things happened that, you know, just on the spectrum, my perception of them weren't the greatest. Right. Mm. And so that maybe colored how I went to sleep. And then I woke up and I'm just like venting to Dela in the morning. Right. And then I come into my office, my workspace. And I was like, you know what? I think I need a moment to just like connect with myself. Right. And I pull out the deck and I'm thinking to myself like, all right, cool. What do I need? Like right now, what do I need in this moment? Hmm. and i pull a card and it's something like the this the sisterhood of the rose or something like that and it talks about how basically like it's like your function on this planet and this reality is to spread light spread love like uh, make a positive impact and stuff and for me in that moment it was reminding me like oh I'm getting a little bit lost in the sauce. I'm becoming a little bit resentful because I'm not, I don't, you know, I've been so busy. I haven't been keeping up with my practices. I'm starting Mm -hmm. to go in the ego mind of like, man, like why, why did this person say this to me? And like, oh, I feel defensive now versus being like, okay, like what's my actual purpose here? And then also the whole spirit of the rose or whatever that was like, I have roses tattooed on me. It was talking about what that means spiritually. And in that moment, I was like, okay, cool. Like, thank you for the reminder, God, spirit, source, higher self. Like I got it. And now can that help me shift back to, if not a positive space to more of a neutral one? So if you don't have a Brian Powell in your life, grab some <laughs> Oracle cards. Um, or reach out to Brian. <laughs> yeah. Or or message Brian. Um, yeah, also, sure. just I thought, yeah. you know, uh, Brian telling you like, you're going to do some great fucking shit and all this stuff. 
having known you for so i think you've already done like yeah, some amazing you. fucking shit right yeah yeah thank you i appreciate that yeah it's always good to have a, a brian in your life he's a he's a really wonderful force and uh, i thank you as well for for mentioning that and i feel the same i feel the same for you for sure right back at you okay cool so let's take a little break on the questions and get into some nirvana mind and body updates awesome well yeah um I think we did mention on the last one, and now there's, uh, there's everybody can join for absolutely free through Nirvana. So they can really have an understanding of what the community is about. Cause I think that's really important. Um, you know, having such a loving, supportive community is incredibly powerful. It's always been really important to me. And that's why cultivating and creating this space, um, made the most sense and, and watching the type of connections and conversations that happen within Nirvana is, is something um so powerful it's bigger than i thought could ever be to be honest um the way that people connect and uh and and so now everybody can kind of join before you had to be 18 dollars a month to join to get all these really great things now everybody can join and then there's also like another exclusive space that you can join in which gives you access to the breathwork programs huge discounts on mentoring and coaching uh the virtual breathwork and what have th that we have each and every month and uh, so now there's two parts of that. I think we did mention on the last podcast, which is really cool. So there is an update with that. And um, we're getting into now. This is actually not m my retreat or Nirvana's retreat. I, I don't even know if you want to call it a retreat, but it's, it's starting to feel that way. It seems um, one of my good friends and a Nirvana member, Robert, amazing person. Uh, he, he has these wonderful birthdays that he throws each and every year. To celebrate his life and i absolutely love it and i think it was a two years ago or a year ago maybe two years ago he invited me to one of these events and it was a really great time um you know but when he reflected and looked back at that last birthday party that he threw um he's done so much work that he's kind of stepped into his new space his new paradigm and he realized that yeah even though he he, he enjoyed those moments with his friends um he no longer requires or wants the the booze that was involved or possibly the processed food that was involved or how we spent some of our time together uh, whether it was maybe watching like you know sports or playing video games or what have you which are all normal and great and fun and what have you but he he's looking for deeper more meaningful connections in this time and space when he's celebrating his life so he reached out and he's like hey man i want to do something quite a bit different this time and i want to connect on a deeper level so he he rented out this enormous, beautiful space out in Colorado that sleeps like 30 fucking people, I think, in the middle of nowhere by the hot springs and all of nature. And he's like, man, I want to I wanna hire you, Justin, for to come out for breath work and, and lead a meditation and let's do some mushrooms. Let's drop some fucking acid. Let's have a good time and get in the hot springs and go on nature and go on walks and, and connect at a really deep level. And I'm like, well, you don't have to pay me to come out there to do that. I'm going to come out there no matter what. And uh, he's like, and he's like, also, I want to know if the people in Nirvana Nation, if they would want to join, if, if they would want to come out and connect. And I'm like, this is brilliant. I, I absolutely love this. And so he literally put in uh, the Nirvana group and uh, showed the house, showed the location and people are signing up left and right to, to join him and celebrate him, but also deeply connect in, in a more profound way. And uh, I'm really excited for, uh, for February. Yeah, the house looks massive amid yeah. just a sea of nature. Like the photos look spectacular because it's mm -hmm. this huge footprint, like Justin said, with the house. And then the accompanying pictures, it's like there's just nature around it. Like yeah. it's just a bunch of trees and like paths and like little mm -hmm. creeks and stuff. 
So it's definitely going to be a vibe. I think it's natural. Like you had at Zilker, which is a huge park here in Austin, by the way. That's when Justin's like, hey, meetings at Zilker. You're already kind of doing it. And then events like the NLCA live event, I think this is the next step in that is hosting events like this. I think yeah. maybe eventually they're Tony Robbins-esque. You know, maybe it's that's like the, different. Yep. That's we're definitely heading in that direction. You know, that's that's one of the things I did take away from Tony Robbins. My goal is to create four four immersive powerful events um here within austin texas uh having people like yourself uh jared cardona uh steph included in these type of things uh to create a, a very very powerful immersive immersive experience that get into uh, different modalities um different topics different education and then um obviously i think we can then create um an even more immersive, more personal space, like kind of what Robert is kind of like kind of showing us that we can do uh, accidentally. Um, I think that's the next step too, is having maybe even where we, we can have like 50 people come out, 30 people come out and we really connect with people on a deeper level. Um, a lot of quality time to, 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 to just expand um, in this area even more. So I think that's something that is calling my name, calling our names, and 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 will be very much a part of Nirvana moving forward. I also just want to point out how we can all have an impact on each other. Like mm. our listeners, I would imagine know who you are. They know who I am. Maybe they don't know who Brian is. They don't know who Robert is. And you're sitting here. We're sitting here saying, "Wow, these people have really had a positive impact on my life." Mm. I just wanted to share that for our listeners. Don't ever underestimate the positive impact that you can have in the lives of your family, your friends, the random people that you meet, the cashier at the 7-Eleven or the gas station or whatever. Like we always have that opportunity to make a positive impact. And you're showing that, Justin, with these individuals who have reached out to you and start to shape, start to mold, you know, where we want to head. And then I did also want to touch on the whole sports, watching the game of it all. Like Justin said, it's it's normal, like it's totally fine. However, it's funny you mentioned the hot springs as well. I had time with family recently which is really great being a dad. I just like hand off my son to an assorted family member and I'm like, deuces, I'm going to go hang out with my family, like really connect. And there was a football game on and they were like, hey, can you put the game on? And I was like, yeah, for sure. I'll put it on and, you know, put it on background muted. And some people were watching that. And I was like, cool. Like, I'm going to go to the hot tub. Like, I'm, I'm going to be outside. And thankfully, like the majority of my family came out to the hot tub mm-hmm. and I made the comment, like no shade to the people who stayed inside. I was like, I can watch a game whenever, yeah. but how, how many opportunities do I get to really connect with my family, really connect with my friends? And so it's the same thought process. And I think that's also the evolution of the fun that we do, quote unquote, because we all, you know, a lot of us grew up in America. So you have like, oh yeah, you fucking go out, you get wasted, you watch a football game and that's fun. And then you start to hopefully get a little bit older, get a little bit wiser, more conscious. Mm-hmm. That can still be fun. There's still a time and place for that, but yeah. Now, do you want to make different decisions? Do you want to make different connections than maybe you used to in the past? Yeah. Yeah. I think it just shifts, right? And I think we, what we're really seeking in a lot of these things um, is connection. Are these deeper connections? And I think it's it's still fairly new for a lot of us. And, and how we usually connect is obviously over sports events and stuff like that. And uh, But there is there is a depth to it that that a lot of us are still learning about. And when we tap into it, like it's, it's amazing. Like what a walk will do just a walk with an individual outside in nature, that type of connection or a conversation. Um, you know, it's, it's wild. It's like, I like four times out of the week, I have my friends over and we're cooking dinner together 
And then we're sitting on my floor and we're, we're stretching together. There's no TV in my living room. There, there's no couch. It's, it's like, and I did that on purpose just so that we can have more intimacy, like just hanging out on the floor and, and, and having a great conversation. And it's amazing, uh, being in that space of, of connection in this way. And, uh, you know, that took time to get there. There's no uh, right or wrong path to get there. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, but also just the other day, my buddy, Brian, he came over, he's like, Justin, can we, can we watch a South Park episode? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, let's go watch a South Park episode. And we like, there's like four of us that went up there and watched a 30 minute South Park episode. And it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, and that was a good time, but yeah, yeah. Balance for sure. A hundred percent. I was going to say that same thing. You definitely do both because mm -hmm. people listening, I know you and I vibe on so much, Justin, I have an 85 inch TV in my living room. So like, mm -hmm. and I still meditate, I still stretch, I still connect exactly. with people. And so everybody can do both. But like when I want to watch, you know, the new Star Wars series or the mm -hmm. new Marvel movie, like I just mm -hmm. want to be immersed in it. Cause yes. also, I mean, this is a tangent, but um, going to the theater and whatnot, uh, it's a little bit easier. You just wait like a couple weeks and now it's on digital and you can have your friends and family and, and then you yeah. can pause it. You can use the bathroom, you can get your own yeah. food. You don't have to eat what they have there. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I did it personally, but just wanted Same. to point that out. Yeah. I got my big TV upstairs. I just don't have there one. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dope. All right. So those are the updates with Nirvana. Again, we're going to have a link in the show notes. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you. Welcome. And yeah, we would love yeah. to see you in the group. So you can click the link in the show notes. Again, it's free to join the Facebook community and then just $18 a month to take advantage of all of these amazing all programs. Shit, yeah. Yes. All that good lots stuff. of value, lots and lots of value. Uh, it's incredible too. Like if you just want to be again, a part of something truly special, you're all welcome and we would love to have you. So, yeah. And now let's move on to some life updates. Mm. The big one for Justin, for people who follow him, is there is a new <laughs> person, partner in your life who's also a friend of the show. Oi. So I'll yeah. let you take that away. Very happy for you. I'm excited for you. Thank you. I'm uh, head over heels, absolutely in love. And uh, it's amazing. Like, it's really cool that we had Gina on. And as you mentioned before we jumped on, you were already feeling uh, the chemistry there. <laughs> I'm going I'm to pause this real quick <laughs> because anybody who's listening to the show, definitely go back and listen to that episode. Tease out the moments. Like for real, tag me and Justin or like shoot us a DM if you notice this. But there would be certain questions that Justin would ask like, yeah, so like what's your what's your take on dating? You know, and mm. she would be like, oh, I'm looking for like a very, you know, divine masculine man and, and somebody who's in touch with their emotions and like also trains and stuff on <laughs> Justin. I love like, it. You know, I, I kind of fashion myself <laughs> after that mold. And those are the things that I really focus on. And my ass is sitting here like on the camera with everybody just being like, am I the only one that's like picking up on this? That's so funny. You know, we, me and Gina, we met, um, I think around April. So maybe five, six months ago. And she was referred by a very good friend, Emily Hayden. Uh, an amazing. Emily. Yeah. She's amazing. Her, all her work's great. Check her out. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Gina hit me up and she decided to come out and uh, do some work with me. Breath work one day, uh, a mushroom ceremony the next day, and then a DMT ceremony the following day. So that's actually how I first met Gina and shared space and time with her. And it was a really intimate, powerful um, sessions and got to know her on a really wonderful level. Uh, at that time, um, I did not you know, think, uh, anything romantically, especially in that space, I really do create a good separation. It's very important not to distort or contaminate that container. So, um, yeah, I didn't even let myself mentally go there in any way. Um, 
And then we, we kept in, kept in touch as far as like through our social media. And then in fact, she would actually hit me up and ask for my point of view on, on certain things, um, even with, with other men, I think maybe she was even dating at the time. Um, just to have a perspective, my perspective on things, you know, she made it very clear that she respected the way that I thought on things and, and wanted my point of view on certain aspects. And, and that was really cool too. Um, and, but I would, I would watch what she would post and she kept, uh, checking off all these boxes and I found myself more and more drawn to her in really profound ways. I found myself checking out her on Instagram, stalking her Instagram a little bit. And I mean, from her humor to her playing the guitar and singing to her, her coaching, her mindset coaching and how she speaks to the camera and speaks to her clients and the way that I saw her clients respond to her, I was like, wow, this, this person really is amazing. And it's someone I really want to get to know. And, um, you know, having her on the podcast, um, I still was like wanting to feel her out still. Like I wanted to get to know her on a deeper level for sure. I don't think she knew at this time that I was starting to find her a bit interesting. Um, and I still, I don't think I even, I knew exactly what I was looking for at that time, but I was drawn to I didn't say anything to you too. And that's like, yeah. I, everybody's like personal space is a personal space. Cause I was like, I'm not going to message Justin and be like, Hey bro, are you feeling this chick? But I could definitely pick up on that. And I also mm-hmm. think it speaks to like our connection mm-hmm. that even you were like, yeah, I'm still sort of like figuring this out. And I'm over here. Like I figured it out. Like I can <laughs> let you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, I was like, yo, I, I actually dig her. And so I, um, I remember I was chatting with her and I would even see her go out and, uh, to like the EDM shows and the, and, and the raves. I just loved her stank face. Like right. the way she would get down. Yeah, man, the way she danced. I'm like, oh man, this is my vibe right here. I wanna, I actually wanna just dance with this woman. And so I told her that, I'm like, hey, I would love to, to go out with you and Emily sometime and hit up one of these shows and just dance. Be really cool. And she's like, well, I'm gonna be at Freaky Deaky, nice. and, which is a Halloween event here. And at the time I was on the fence with going, my whole crew here was going. Um, and I wasn't sure, but as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, I'm going. So I, I literally went because I thought that I was going to be able to connect with her there. And I think two days later, I let her know I was going. And then she goes, yeah, well, um, I'm going to be there with my boyfriend. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm still going because I have the ticket. And I was like, all right, that's, that's what it is. It's cool. Um, well, it just so happens when I, I went to Freaky Dinky and showed up, they, uh, they ended up separating like that morning or the night before. That's crazy. Yeah, kind of crazy. And I spent very minimal time with her at that space because we had a big group and you know a lot of us were separated. But um, I saw her at the end of the night, actually, before I took off. And I just felt a good amount of chemistry. And um, she piqued my curiosity even more. And... Um, so I sat with it for like two days and I reached out and like, Hey, I fucking dig you. Um, uh, if you're down, I really, really want to get to know you. Um, if you're open to that. And, um, she wrote back, she's like, absolutely. And, um, I mean, there's some really powerful things that happened that allowed this to progress so quickly. Um, a lot of divine intervention, it seems, um, with us. And I would love to more so have her on maybe again, and we can kind of get into that. And I think that'd be really beautiful, but, um, it felt right. I made her, I made her my woman before she came through and even visited again. 
I, I like, I, she was supposed to come through. So she actually signed up um, before we started talking for the combo ceremony right. that I hosted here at the house. Yeah. So, which is an intense ceremony again, like another way of me holding space for her, you know, like yeah. puking. Well, this like is also, that. I, I want to add a little bit too, because um, I just want to like the, the fun that you and I and our network has together. Like, yes, we are very conscious. We talk about these things, but we also joke a ton. And so Gina, who like, I, I joked with her, like, cause she's dude, she's owned a Porter, which is neat. And so she'll be like, oh, like your, your son's so cute and stuff. And so I called her auntie Gina and she's like, oh my God. Right. And so she, she was like, I, I made it. I'm official. And she messaged me. She was like, well, I'm gonna be in Austin for Justin's like event this, mm. that, whatever the weekend that was. And so then mm. I reached out to you and I'm like, yeah, so I hear you have an event Gina mentioned. And you were like, yeah, it's a purging event. And then I went back and I was like, so I could totally bring my kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an intense event. Like it was, it was really wild. And again, just like I was put in a position to hold space for her in another unique way. Um, very vulnerable space. And um, that's what I think allowed this relationship to progress in such a powerful, powerful way that, that, that I didn't even um, understand or comprehend at that time is the level of trust and surrender that Gina has given me. Like I've, I've never had uh, a woman fully surrender and fully trust the way that she does. And the weight of that is, um, it's, it's intense. Well, it's super cool. It's mm -hmm. also, um, a similarity between the, how y'all's relationship started, how Dale and my relationship started is, kind of being direct. And I think this is challenging in our modern world because mm -hmm. you told her, you're like, Hey, I'm gonna tell you straight out. I'd love to get to know you more. And like all of my eggs are kind of in your basket. Like I'm mm -hmm. focused on you. I'd love to connect with you and get to know you more. Right. This is kind of the same thing I said to Dela when we first, we went on our first date. Um, I actually had like a date the following day and I called Dela and I was like, yo, I like really vibe with you. And mm -hmm. I would love to just date you and like not trying to freak you out or creep you out, but I just want you to know, like all my eggs are in your basket. You know, if it works out great, if it doesn't great, but mm -hmm. I want to let you know, I'm like not talking to anybody else canceled the other yeah. day, you know, and I'm in it to win it. And Dela said that was so disarming for her in a great way because mm -hmm. no one else does that, that she was mm -hmm. like, Oh, like, let me consider this person to do that. One has to be very confident and conscious about their intentions, right? Like yes. Justin can't say, "Hey, Gina, my eggs are in your basket," and then go, you know, text the side chick. That's not what I'm yeah. saying. Like you have to yeah. be confident and like, no, I'm I'm really in it to win it with this person. Yeah, and especially for a man being able to do that in the world that is dominated by dating apps mm -hmm. and the aesthetics and Instagram or whatever it is, if you can really get defined into who you want to be with and then tell that person, watch how that resonates with them. Yeah, that, I think that you, you nailed that. I think that was really powerful for us to really step into the space we are. Like I told her, I'm like, hey, I like you. Like, I like you and I want to get to know you and um, yeah, all areas. So I think that was uh, really powerful. I think that you noticing that is really cool, by the way. Thank you for pointing that out because I think that that is a, I was just um, trying to express that to one of my friends who's who's seeing, like he's interested in a woman as well. And I told him, like, just tell her you, you dig her, tell her you like her and you want to get to know her. And like, not many people do that. Um, as you said, it could be really powerful. It worked for you really well. It's worked very well for me, this direct approach, uh, being authentic. I love mm -hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. You'd also yeah. mentioned something earlier I wanted to touch on that safe container because you host a ton of ceremonies and in that space, like you said, you want to kind of remain neutral. 
Mm. However, you can still feel the energies from other people. And I was actually talking to a client about this recently in a life coaching capacity who was like, yeah, I went to this event and I was with like a ton of friends and I, I felt this like connection with these other people. And now I'm trying to discern, is that a romantic connection Mm. or is this just, you know, like, can I kind of like define this? Yeah. Kind of define this for me. Mm-hmm. and um in in her life and my response was we can we can always have that we can find that connection with another like you you and i have that connection we're not trying to do anything sexually but i can recognize this is my brother this is another soul here on this planet like i have a lot of love with the, for this person right yeah. and i can also do that with another woman in my life like i can do that with my sister-in-law and be like man i love you i see you where you are you're another soul on this planet like i can feel and share that love it doesn't need to be sexual Right. But we can feel that love and that romance, if you will, with another person on this planet without taking it that that extra sort of carnal step. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. And so what you're describing too is I know that with everybody that you're hosting for your ceremony, with Brian, with Gina, with anybody else, you're making that connection. And so that connection's already there. And then you just kind of like leave it. Right. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Like the ceremony's over, going about your day or whatever. And then you just see kind of where the breadcrumbs leave you. And so obviously, like you and Gina continue to connect and talk, and she's leaning on you for certain things, asking you questions. It's like, now I feel like I have that permission to take it that next step, but I'm not doing that with everybody. And that's where Correct. that's like the difference between the cult leaders, right? Because the cult leaders are doing it with everybody. <laughs> that's <laughs> so that's so a litmus true. test, people. <laughs> it's so funny um with with it, she actually thought it was kind of hard to decipher at first because because um when she she felt like my energy when i actually like decided like hey i like her i'm gonna talk to her she still was a little bit unsure and she actually went to one of her friends she went to emily she's like i think he i think he kind of likes me i think he's uh trying to talk to me and emily um, because I do show so much love and support to all my friends and I shout them out. I was like, oh no, he just, he just does that with everybody. Right. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, oh, and then I and like, and I told her, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not just hitting people up and telling them I dig them. Like that's, you're the only person I did that to. Like, I dig you. I like you. So that was like, so it was kind of funny. You just went through that whole thing. Cause that was a thing where, where she was like a little unsure. And then her friend's like, no, nah, no, nah, that's, that's what he always does with everybody. Like he just show out a lot of love and he shouts people out. But yeah, I let her know like, no, nah, no, nah, this is just you. Um, I dig just you and I want to get to know you. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, things have picked up very quickly. Um, as I mentioned before, she even got here for the for the combo ceremony. We were already really speaking in a powerful way to each other. Um, I fell in love with her immediately, like absolutely immediately. I asked her to to be my woman officially before she even got here, like the day before she got here, and and then we got to just share powerful space not only with each other in this new romantic light, but also again with her ceremony. Again, like I just love the fact that. I can hold space for her in that way and she can fully trust in me and in, in, in such i think intimate ways that i don't know if a lot of people are even aware of um in that space so the fact that we have those depths already um not only from six months ago but from this other space and now romantically um the amount of trust and this is what what's really cool and so i i understand the the definition of a divine masculine i understand the definition of divine feminine and the definition of divine masculine is i love unconditionally and um and when you can really love unconditionally without 
judgment, without evaluation, without falling into irritation, uh, frustration, and you can just stay fully open at all moments. It's something that I've really been working on in my own personal life. Um, I mean, it's like my main goal and, and not just with my partner, but all aspects of my life. And it's something I take really seriously. Whenever I have a contraction, I open, I reopen, I reopen, I reopen. And so I've really have been able to love life and everything within it unconditionally for, for quite some time. And it's been really beautiful for me. And, um, I think this, what, what, what I'm getting to is like this unconditional love allows, um, Gina to really fall into her divine feminine, which is to fully, fully surrender, which is what I was mentioning a little bit ago. And because I've been doing my work, this allowed this to happen. And when she fully trusts me that, that, that weight, as I said before, was so intense and not in a bad way, but it was the most profound surge of energy that I have ever felt in my entire life. And the weight of it was, was literal physical weight. It felt like it almost, it was actually bright. It was actually physically in, 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 in brightness. Like, so when she would look at me with that type of surrender, that full trust, I almost, it almost like I had to like shy away in a way, like the physical body almost like had to like look away for a moment. And then I had to like regroup so I can like withstand the light, withstand this weight. Yeah, it was, it was immense. And what's, what's, what I've, what's happened now is because of this, this true surrender and this true unconditional, we have created this, this powerful vortex of energy. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Like what has happened since then, I've only expanded in all areas of my life within my practices. Um, within my work, my creativity, uh, my energy. I have not been tired since I've connected with her. I haven't been tired. Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, my chest is consistently vibrating. My body has to acclimate to it. It literally feels like my, my DNA is changing with the, with the abundance of love that's consistently coursing through my beingness. Um, and it's all day, every day. It's something that I have never experienced. Um, it, it's, it's hard to express or put into words. It's, it's almost, it's, it's impossible. It's inconceivable. Um, it's just an essence of feeling and, um, it, 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 it can, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's powerful. Yeah. It's a real and, goal. Yeah. And, and she, she's right there with me with it. Like it, it's blowing her mind. She's moving here. That's how amazing this is. That was she's gonna be coming. my next, I was gonna ask if I could ask a personal question. Yeah, yeah. she's literally coming here in two days. Uh, today's Wednesday, she comes here for fr Friday for a whole month, for a whole month. She would be moving here sooner if we just didn't have um, logistics to work through. For sure. And she's moving out here for the, for the first of uh, March. But yeah, man, she's my woman. Like this is my, this is it. Like this is, this is wild, wild stuff. And to know in such a powerful way. And like, like I said, there's other things that have happened that are so, so magical that uh, I would love for, for her to be on to express this in a, in a really cool way. But yeah, she inspires me to be better um, in, in every possible way. And you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like we had her on that podcast and, and we were talking about like what I would like in a woman and what she would like in a man. And she's exactly that. She's exactly that. She's yeah. that. She motivates me to, to, yeah, go handle your shit, go handle your stuff, get your stuff done. I'm here. Yeah. When you get back and, um, 
Yeah, man, I'm excited to to see what unfolds. And and since then, um, like my 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 business has also improved. The the amount of love in my community and my circles has improved as well. Like all of her people from her social media are coming through in my direct messages and and are ecstatic and praising and showing love like like I've never even felt or seen before. So she's also coming with such an abundance of love and light from her own personal work, from all the stuff that she's done. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's super exciting. I'm very happy for you. Thank you. I'm happy, I'm I'm happy fucking, for you both. I'm excited. Um, yeah, there's no words to be honest. It's, uh, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. I, uh, I'm very grateful that I was able to be like a witness for part of it. Yeah. And then I can, I, you know, it's funny, Justin, I was actually vibing with what you were saying as far as like the energy and just the vibration and stuff with my son, like since he's been born, like, yeah, I haven't been getting a lot of sleep, but if I wasn't getting the sleep before having him for whatever reason, I'd be so tired and exhausted. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just like really excited every day. And I've even added it to my gratitude practice at the end of the day. I'm like, wow, I'm so grateful that I have this energy and like, I wake up and I'm excited and this is fun. And mm -hmm. it's a similar type of like, you know, now he, he recognizes who we are and who I am and like having that little moment and you feel that in your body, it's super cool. I like that you just said the gratitude part, because that's, that's the one thing that has been coming up for me before I used to practice gratitude, right? I used to set time to practice gratitude, whether it be through a journal or when I'm in the shower. Like or what people, have people have told me this is good. I should, I should have yeah. this practice and do it and be disciplined mm -hmm. with it. And then there's just living in gratitude and as I mentioned, um, I've been, I've been now living in gratitude and I wake up literally this morning I woke up and the first thing was like, thank you. Like it just came from, from this part of me. It's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's the first time I've been like just operating from this space of like, before bed. Thank you. During my workouts. Thank you. Like it's, it's, it's absolutely wild right now that, and it's the first time I'm using the term um god in a certain way like usually i was always using the term universe right. yeah i've been i've been thanking god multiple times every day in such a way and uh it's it's lighting me the fuck up it's it's really wild um yeah man when she looks at me it's 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 it's, it's fucking divine it's wild and um i'm ready for it Nice, man. Well, yeah. we're excited to have Gina back on the show. I'm excited that she's going to be here for a month because I was going to say, um, I want to come hang out with you towards the end of this month and like holiday, New Year time. We'll come up to you too, man. man. Oh, that's I kind would, of you. Yeah. yeah, we'll come up to you, hang out for the day. We'll make some fucking good food. And there we go. Yeah, I would love to see you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's do it. Uh, and for those who don't know Austin, it's a very spread out city. So it's it's starting to become like LA or Houston or Atlanta where you're like, oh, what part are you from? Or like, where in, where in Austin? And you say it and it's like, oh, that's like an hour away. Okay, cool. <laughs> I love the drive up there though. It's a beautiful, man, your, your house is beautiful. The neighborhood you're in is beautiful. I, I love making the drive up there. I'll, just tell me like when you want me there and I can always come up anytime. So I'm always Let's down. Let's do it. Yeah, but I can I, also but, take you through some of the trails here too. Like you and Gina just yeah. go for a walk, like light up. That'd be cool. And I want to hold the baby. I love holding babies, man. Like... I definitely want kids soon. Not soon, yeah. but kids. Yeah, right. I definitely want kids. So like, I love being around babies and if I can hold them babies, they're great. Yes, you can definitely hold them. He's, uh, he's getting better at holding his head up because his head was in the 98th percentile, uh, which so big he's old a pretty, brain. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty big noggin. 
Um, and so he was having a hard time kind of holding it up, but now, now he's getting better at that. So you can just kind of like hand him before you had to really be conscious of yeah. supporting his head and stuff. But now mm-hmm. he can just be sort of like passed around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, did, were we on when you started mentioning that now he's, he's sleeping, he slept through I don't the think night. so. No. Yeah. We just started sleep training. Um, so he's four and a half months. There is a selfish desire from the parents because he's been sleeping next to me and like Dayla's been in another room because she's such a light sleeper. Um, so he's right next to me. I've been joking that he's my roommate. It's like a boy's dorm, you know, <laughs> um, and we hear each other fart. It's great. And then uh, you want to move them eventually like, hey, you got to get in your room, right? But there's also because Dayla was, of course, nervous the night we were going to do it. She's like, I don't know if we should do this. And I was like, at you know, a certain point, like you can't stay in the little bassinet for 18 years. Like at some point, mm-hmm. he's going to have to go to his new room. Mm-hmm. And he's showing all these signs. Like we have a, it's a swaddle that keeps his arms in and he'll break out of that shit now, like every morning. And then he was kind of getting a little bit too tall for the bassinet. His head was hitting it. And I was like, I think he's like starting to show that he also like wants slash needs to be in a bigger space and like be in his own space. Mm-hmm. So thankfully we uh, have been working with a sleep consultant and she gave us some tricks and strategies to use. And for any parent out there that's hesitant about sleep training, it just, I mean, knock on wood, right? Like it took one night that was very challenging that he was up a lot. He was crying a lot. And Dayla and I would go check in and check in on him at intervals. But then after that first night, last night, he just woke up once. And then other than that, he actually slept the longest straight he's ever slept. Um, he only need to needed to be fed once. He typically needs to be fed twice. Hmm. I was up early, Justin, when he got up. So I got up before Dela and I was just like doing some work. I have the monitor and then he got up, but instead of just crying, he just like is looking around he's like rolling and he's like checking out his space. And he's got his arms set. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Like, it seems like he's getting used to his room hmm. and like his hmm. space. And I mean, bro, I want a bed that big. Like if you, if you had a bed, like his crit, you can roll all over the place. Yeah. You can starfish like multiple times. And so that's pretty cool. It's been neat at even like four or five months. You're like, Oh man, mm. it's like a little boy, like this, like yeah. a little, little kid in here. Um, so that's been super cool on our side. That's awesome. That's got to feel good too, to kind of get a, a good night's rest. I imagine. Bro. Yeah. I'm still getting great energy, but now it's like, you know, I don't really need as much coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep's powerful. So I can imagine way that can be like after after a few months of it yeah so we're getting there um i want to get into sort of like the rapid fire questions you don't do that no yeah let's do it cool um advice for first-time coaches Ooh, um just make sure you're operating from a place of service i think that's the biggest thing if you're operating um from a place of fear lack or if it's tied to your worthiness you will definitely have fucking trouble so uh operate from love have your heart open, be of service. Don't tie it to your worthiness. I would add to that. So much of it is making a connection with your client and Mm -hmm. being there for them, Mm -hmm. not being annoyed by them, not being annoyed by questions they may ask, but if they fall off, Right. right. Or if they don't come through, yeah, if you make it personal. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've been shocked. Some coaches I talk to and they're like, oh, you know, they, they ghosted me. Like, I'm so annoyed or they didn't check in. I'm so yeah. annoyed. I'm like, why is that annoying you? Like, it's cause it's tied to their worthiness. I'm telling you. you I, I get that yeah. a lot too. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so remembering too, for first time coaches, a lot of it is that connection that you have with your clients and it's them knowing how much you care. Even if you're still learning your modality, you're still studying, you're still getting your education. I think clients will give you that benefit of the doubt as long as you care. It's like the haircut, right? Like if you go into a barbershop 
and they give you kind of a iffy haircut, but they, you know, hit you with water when you walked in, they like chatted you up and you could tell that they cared about you. You're probably going to go back to that barber. You're going to like give them another shot versus the barbershop that does the perfect haircut, but they didn't treat you like a human. You were just a number. You're probably yeah. not going to go back to that barbershop. Yeah. If you're making it about money and you're in the service business, it's not going to work. It's Ooh, not going to work. Deep. Yeah. Yeah. The best things to focus on as an entrepreneur. Hmm. Yeah, that's such a funny question for me because I didn't think about that. I'll 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 jump in. Yeah, go I think first. this also ties into spirituality and some woo woo stuff. Uh, you've read the Bhagavad Gita, right? You've I don't think I it. have actually. Yeah, I've definitely heard of it. Yeah, you've mentioned. You've it had a like lot. Dharmesh was over at your place. And he had the the Gita open, and mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, a lot in our community. Highly recommend. It's a five thousand year old Hindu text, and the reason why I'm bringing it up is it's basically a Jesus story. Krishna is their version of Jesus. I joke that he's like extra Jesus. He would be turning water to wine like every weekend. He's like, I'm fucking Jesus. <laughs> um, but the Bhagavad Gita is basically like his conversation with a disciple. And there's a certain point in it that really stuck with me. And he said, uh, if you disciple and anybody listening focus on doing good works in the service of others without any expectation of success or failure, I as extra Jesus will help you will take care of you like you you will not starve you will not go hungry I will, I will put a roof over your head like i'll take care of you and he said um if you go on this path i as god will make sure that in the next life i continue to you you continue that path you continue that journey i'll put you there he also did say if you get distracted by the shiny objects in life because apparently five thousand years ago there were still shiny objects he was like mm -hmm. i will throw all of it at you and you're gonna be fucking miserable and i'm gonna show you that you'll be miserable with this stuff but to bring that back around to the question of I love best that. things to focus on as an entrepreneur it's being of service which is kind of that yes. first one you'd mentioned as well with coaches just being of service like what can you do for that person because it's your passion right like you're an entrepreneur mm -hmm. you have this passion and so yeah, instead of why. focusing right right yeah what is your why how can you make that positive impact and trying not to have that expectations of success or failure yeah and, and um i think that's perfect i think the only thing i would add to that is again make sure it's not tied to your worth i think i think that's where most of us are operating from is you know seeking validation or worth through the external through our careers um whatever that even through our bodies our relationships so just start to pay attention to where you're operating from and it's coming from a place of fear lack or unworthiness um that will really really affect um your you being an entrepreneur but also in all aspects of your life and um that's one thing that i, I really make sure is that none of my stuff none of my work especially my service is tied to any type of worthiness or am I enough now-ness. Um, and I think, I think that one's a huge, huge component into being a successful entrepreneur. And, and I think when, when it's not about that, then it's, it's always going to be um, wonderful. Um, it doesn't mean that, you know, there won't be trying, trying times, so to speak, with, with creating a financial business, I think that's its own thing. But I think if you focus on, as you mentioned, um, being of service and, 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 and operating from that space, um, the abundance follows soon enough. Yeah. So this is a good segue into the next question, money mindset and perhaps abundance mindset in general. What was that? I'm sorry. Money mindset and perhaps abundance mindset in general. Mm, another interesting one. Um, I was never really um, financially driven, money driven, and and until recently, to be honest. What changed? Um, what changed? I'd, I'd love to know because I mean I know you more 
than mm-hmm. others. So like what shifted? I realized that if, 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 if I really want to have the ability to expand and be of service in even more powerful ways, then I kind of have to make that more of a priority. Um, and that's the reason why, as opposed to just wanting abundance, to want things to, to it's not for security either. It wasn't for security. It was more so like, oh, if, if I can create more abundance financially, allow me to put on bigger, better events. It allow me to actually um, help even more people for possibly free, um, that type of stuff. So I, I, I tied it to how could I be more of service? And if I focused on creating more revenue, more, more, um, abundance financially in my life, then it allows me to be bigger, better of service. So I had to tie it into that for me to, um, make it a priority because the other things really didn't grab me in a way, um, like most do. So, yeah. My answers to this one. So one is going to be from a sales class that I took from an old life. I was a salesperson and they had all of us stand up, Justin. And they said, think about the most money that you could ever think of. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the person was like, sit down if you're thinking of a quarter of a million dollars. Right. And then sit down if you're thinking of a million dollars, sit down if you're thinking of a hundred million dollars. And like people keep sitting up, sitting up, sitting up. He gets down and he gets up to like a billion. He's like, you know, who's thinking of a billion. Right. And it's me and two of the people who are still standing. And so he's just like, what are your numbers? And it goes, I go last. And he goes like, boom, boom, comes to me. And I said, 16 trillion. And he was like, how'd you come up with that number? And I was like, I think that's the national debt at that time. It was like $16 trillion. And I was like, that's a big amount of money to me. And he was like, okay, cool. Sit down. His point was everybody in this room had a different idea of a a, a high amount of money or a lot of money. And Mm -hmm. his point was that it's all conditioning and programming from our families, from growing up, from our society, right? Like I have friends who grew up in a household where they were like, money is fucking evil, right? Or the biblical quote that's misquoted because they always say the love of money is is the root of all evil, evil or, yeah. or money is the root of all evil. It's like, no, it's for the love of money is the root of all evil. But someone who grew up in that household, they may think, oh, I, I should never make money. That's, that's evil. Mm-hmm. That's bad. They shouldn't do that, right? And then I was talking to another client who comes from a famous family. They always have money. And I asked him, like, what was the money mindset in your house? And he said it was money is meant to be spent. Money is always flowing. We will always have it. And I was like, ooh, like what a foul, powerful cool. like mindset to have, right? And mm-hmm. so I think with the money mindset, it's being critical, quote unquote, of where your personal money mindset comes from. Mm-hmm. And then also realizing that all of these other perspectives exist. So if you don't like the money mindset that you grew up with, just shift into mm-hmm. a different type of money mindset. And then again, Bashar did a great job in a reel on abundance. And he he was saying like abundance is more than just money. And so he's like, you know... Mm-hmm. You're moving and somebody helps you with their pickup truck. That's abundance. Yeah. You have money to be able to get out of this issue. That's abundance. You have a friend to come pick you up. That's abundance. You have the uh, capacity in yourself or you have somebody who loves you. That's abundance. And so just looking at abundance as money, yes, and so much else. Yeah, I actually, I think I uh, at default operated from that one space where like money's always flowing. It's going to be coming through. Um, I think that's where I kind of was operating unconsciously most of my life. So that's why I think I always did well, um, financially and did well within my business. I I wasn't driven by it, but it was something that I I had a, I had a healthy relationship with. That's for sure. It's not like I despise money or didn't like money. Right. Um, I just had a, yeah, I had an unconscious healthy relationship with it for sure. All right. Two more questions. Last one works for, I think you and me getting more comfortable with talking on camera. Just reps, to be honest. Reps. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. I, used to I would, always get nervous back in the day. Yeah. Very normal. I would say you have this amazing thing that you're holding in your hand. Like I, there was a guy 
years ago that I met and he was like, if you want to be a public speaker, you should, I should see you on your story every fucking day. Hmm. And so, yeah, like, um, our, our mutual friend, David Nomerg, my best friend I've known for 30 plus years in LA, I spoke at his wedding as the best man. I had a little speech and did the whole thing. And then Justin, so many people and like, it's not why I'm doing it right, but it's nice. So many people came up to me afterwards and they were like, I literally teach public speaking. And that knocked my socks off. Like, how did you do this? And I'm like, well, I'm literally holding, I was like, I'm not that I have a huge Instagram account, but it's bigger than the people here. <laughs> like the yeah. people watching my yeah. stories are more than the 50 people here. And oh, by the way, half of the 50 people here I grew up with and I know personally. And mm-hmm. so I'm just so used to getting on the phone. Like what what it's like I'm in my backyard just talking to my friends. So like yeah. what's you know, but to your point, it only comes from the reps. So if you're trying to work on being a better public speaker, just pull up your your camera, get on stories. If you don't have a job that is public facing record yourself just use the cameras use recording devices listen back to it yeah yeah i think that's a big yeah just the reps like you said just the reps really allow us to do it i mean I, and, and for a while I, I you know i was always nervous i was i was nervous when i did my first public speaking at nlca that was my first yeah and i was like okay cool let's see what this and then i was able to see where i can improve and you know what's funny too i think a lot of the times what i realized is that that um the energy that i felt wasn't even mine Ooh, that's good yeah it wasn't even mine so like i i was like i've actually felt really good going into it i I didn't feel nervous i felt very good about everything i was about to present and speak on and then once i got in the room then i actually felt stuff and i i became really clear as like i don't think this is my energy i think they're actually nervous to do the breath work they're nervous to to be think on these questions uh, these thought-provoking questions i'm about to present to them so i became really aware like oh this is this energy is not even mine so I was able to like read that out. I love it. In my head, it's like you get all ready to go and you walk in and you're like, holy shit. You know, yeah, no one like, said whoa. anything. You're just like, oh my God. Yeah, the room was full of um, dissipation. That's for sure. All right. Last question is a fun one. Ancient civilizations and the amnesia we carry as a species. Oh my goodness. That's like a loaded question that's, at the yeah, same time. Nice. Well, I think the story of Earth is literally the story or, of the Avatar movie. I think we were indigenous beings or indigenous um, creatures on this species. planet, species. And I think some ETs, service to self ETs came down, saw some shit they wanted from the earth, gold. And then they saw these, you know, caveman, you know, proto people. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, oh, man, let's teach these guys how to farm so they make us food and. And they weren't very nice, so they, I think they enslaved us, and they maybe even genetically modified us in some ways. A good possibility. And then there's some other aliens that came down, but they were service to others. They were nice ones, and um, yeah, they had like a little alien war above us, and we're like, "Holy shit, these are gods!" We thought they were gods because they're like flying around and shit. But um, yeah, that's how I that's how I see Earth is is that, and we're and, and we're still very much possibly asleep within that um, enslavement of the service, the self aliens. Yeah. I think (laughs) Justin, like we did his eyes wide. I was like, yeah, hundred percent. I think we're like a post, we're a post-apocalyptic species Mm. because if, and I'm sure people who listen to us, maybe listen to Graham Hancock and they know who he is. He talks about the younger driest period, which was like 10,000, 11,000 years ago. And there were some comets that hit the earth and melted the ice caps. And that's the deluge, the flood story that Mm -hmm. is yes in the Bible and in literally every other civilization across the planet. And so he postulates that that destroyed the advancements that we had. 
And if you think about it now, like if there was another apocalypse, like I don't like I don't know how to make stuff. You know, I could mm-hmm, probably like mm-hmm. hammer some shit, but I don't I don't know like how do I get the combustion engine back? Like I don't fucking know, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so um, that's kind of like led to where we are now. For people who are interested in it, the book series by Ze- Zechariah Sitchin talks about the Anunnaki. So this is kind of what Justin was talking about. The Anunnaki were talked about in Sumerian texts about this other alien or et or whatever that came to earth and then we looked at them as angels or gods it's also kind of talked about in the bible with the the nephilim i think it's in genesis they say the nephilim roam the earth and then mm. they kind of leave it alone but the nephilim well, greek were, mythology too it's the greek mythology yeah. story as well yeah for sure and, and they have the giants mm-hmm. and we didn't know how to make sense of it so we drew on the fucking wall of things and like oh look at this and i believe those are the same ets that built the pyramids and built these megalithic structures and uh, and we can't make sense of them today those these are the creatures that that did this kind of stuff and and then these huge floods came as well. And, you know, that's all that's left us standing. We don't know what they are. We don't know how they're built. We don't know where they came from. But yeah, those guys probably built them with their minds. And, yeah, I think sound, because uh, we're starting yeah. to see now like sound mm-hmm. can levitate and move things. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy in like Coral Gables, Florida, like 100 years ago or something. And he has this, I think it's still standing. He has this garden that's like all stones and it's like a Stonehenge type mm-hmm. of thing. And he never told people how he was doing it. But there were some kids that apparently like, lived in the area or whatever and they would they peeked over the wall and they said that he had these contraptions that he would hold to his mouth and he would like hum or blow into them and they would make a vibration and they would like literally lift the stone and like move it right or position Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and so if you imagine that on a massive scale now it's like oh you could probably make the pyramids you make stonehenge these other Mm -hmm. you know monolithic or um uh, yeah monolithic and imagine if you had yeah exactly imagine you have enough people creating that sound with those intentions For sure. uh, you can do some amazing things especially collectively so yeah that makes a lot of sense also with the gold that justin was mentioning check out michael tellinger he has found these sites in africa all over africa mm-hmm. that are circular they start to mess with anything digital any sort of technology and he postulates that there was a race that came to yep. earth yep. and then used basically like a advanced ape-like species and they were like we can turn these people into slaves that are like exactly yeah i mean who taught us how to farm who taught us how to farm who 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 brought us from hunter gathering to farming that's nobody knows i have a a theory on that one i have a theory on that one it's uh because we learned how to make booze because yeah because hunting and gathering so like uh, I think we can all agree that humans enjoy altering our consciousness and we for alter sure, our sure. view of reality. And so one theory, cause all theories, like we weren't yeah, there, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. at least we don't remember being there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it postulates that like, we didn't have to change from hunting and gathering. Like that was working. It wasn't like mm. the Buffalo weren't roaming. Like they were, you know, everything was kosher, yeah. but we figured out that to make beer, we had to stop and grow hops and barley and grain. And you had to sit there and be there to make mm. it. And so you had to stop hunting and gathering. And for me, that makes more sense than how we were raised with like, oh, and one day we just decided to farm versus oh, yeah. like, yo, we figured out how to get fucked up, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To yeah, me, yeah. that's the more likely story that like, why would we stop hunting and gathering when you could like stop and make an apple and be like, all right, cool, bro. Like, I'm going to keep moving versus mm-hmm. like, drink this. And then you mm-hmm. drink and you're like, oh man, this is crazy. Like, what do I need to do to make this? We need to stay here for like years <laughs> for for oh, a long time yeah, and figure okay. it out. yeah yeah a long time we've done we've done way more for booze people have done way more <laughs> for a beer run that is very true that's funny dude this was fun yeah this was a lot of fun this is great um thank you i want to shout out the people who asked the questions in the group real quick thank you liam jessica alex um for these questions this was great and um 
yeah i appreciate you man this was fun yeah likewise i'm gonna come see you um real soon real soon yeah, let's do yeah. it yeah gina gets in friday um so like yeah we'll make a trip and come see you man it'd be awesome to see you the baby i haven't had to met, met the baby yet so not yet yeah you met him when he was like in the womb in the so womb. yeah it. yeah he'll remember cool your, he'll remember your energy yeah i'm gonna bring it yeah i'm pumped no but it'd be fun to do like a home and away like you and gina come up here and i'll go down to your spot yeah that'd yeah, be cool yeah. yeah i like it dinner awesome well hey everybody listening we really appreciate you thank you for spending the time with us yeah as always guys we appreciate you and um lots of love and come check out nirvana we'd love to have you